Welcome to the Social Propertypreneur Podcast. And here is your host, social media queen, property investor, and entrepreneur, Laura Muse. So interviewing Andy Thomas, um, met Andy a couple of times, had the real privilege of doing so. So um, Andy, obviously on in Blow Up, people know you really well. On my profiles, um, would you mind, and obviously for the podcast listeners, uh, telling everyone a little bit about who you are, what you've done, because you've done some amazing things, and what's led you to being property full-time and the birth of Blue Oak? Exactly, yeah, perfect. Hi, everyone. So um, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, I have been in property for about 15 years now and just a little bit over. Got started a very, very long time ago. Um, kind of fell into it by accident. And I was a mortgage broker by trade originally. I realized sort of very, very quickly, and so did the guy that owned the company, was one of my friends, that admin wasn't my strong point. So <laughs> I became a BDM for that company, and I was better at going out and finding deals, putting investors with deals and you know winning business for the for the company so i learned very quickly about the the house buying process i got good at finding deals i also got good at finding investors this was way back when when you didn't really need much skill to get a mortgage because this is pre-2008 but nonetheless you know we were we were doing well we were very very busy within that company but i was still making other people rich you know so i so i was doing all this i understood how to find properties, how to fund them, how to find investors. And my father was a builder. Um, so I put, you know, light bulb moment, ding. And I said, right, dad, stop stop doing what you're doing. You stop building houses for other people, going to do it for ourselves. So we went out and started doing um, deals for ourselves, started finding bombed out houses around Liverpool, Merseyside, Southport, um, little two up, two down, you know, nothing overly complicated. Um, most of it was cosmetic. There was some slightly more um, in-depth um, structural work to be done. But we had a nice model. We were we were self-funded from the off, and that sounds more glamorous than it is. I bought the first house on four credit cards, um, and but we did, we did well, and we just stayed. We just kept repeating the process, made money. Um, our exit strategy was very simple. It was the retail market first and next time buyers. Um, and like I say, two, two bed, three bed terraces, the odd little semi here and there, but really working in the lower price bracket. But we got to know the market very well. We continued to just be, you know, just doing everything for cash, which meant we we had a nice reputation with the, the, the people we worked with. We could move quick. And then it stemmed from there. So we built up a nice portfolio. Um, it, was, it was unencumbered. And the recession came. The bank shut the doors. So our exit strategy disappeared in that we... We, the people that were buying the houses off us, i.e., first next time buyers, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, couldn't get couldn't get lending because the banks had shut the doors. So we had to shut up shop, and, and from there, I was just like, "Well, let's let's see what what it, what the future brings." And like most people in the recession, we, I did what I could. The one thing that I wasn't in the recession was educated. I've done okay and built a nice portfolio, but I wasn't educated on creative strategies or things like that. So. I started listening to the naysayers during 2008, 2009. Property markets on its ass. All property this. And, you know, we looked at our portfolio like, wow, you know, based on the current market, the, the value of our portfolio has dropped. Mm-hmm. Drop. We weren't bothered because it was, still, it was still fully let and we were still producing good income. But at the same time, you know, um, 
it was we didn't panic sell, which a lot of people were doing. But we were just like, well, if we sell, we're going to lose. We're going to lose all the money we the equity that we built up and we're also going to lose the, the the income so just for us it's just like well we'll just keep the income but what i should have done and what i didn't do was i should have been acquiring as many properties as i possibly could as many assets as i possibly could instead i went out deal sorting for the guys with all the money and i thought i was a genius because i was like i'm getting paid in the recession i'm getting paid three thousand pounds finance fees and all this um and I was like, everyone else is losing money and I'm making money. And I thought I thought I knew it all. And looking back, I didn't know a thing. You know, I should <laughs> you know, I should have I should have just been speak I should have been having the same conversation I was having with them saying, Hey, I found this house instead of saying, you know, I want a three thousand pound finance fee, I should have said, If you want a JV with me, let's start off an SPV. But I wasn't educated then. You know, I was just I was young, dumb, um, twenty eight years old, newly single, moved to Manchester. You know, your wild horses couldn't stop me. I was earning good money. <laughs> I, spent, I spent everything I earned. I spent everything I earned um, during the future. Just some deals for them. Still the portfolio, but that was, it was okay. It was it was full and it was rented, but it wasn't, you know, let's let's move to Monaco money. It was, we still had to go out and, and, and hustle and work. So every money, I, every penny I earned from deal sourcing, I spent stupid uh, looking back, but, you know, an army couldn't have made me do it any differently. I was just How old were you, Andy, when you first started in property? 23, 24. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, yeah. so you were, you were young. Yeah, very, very young. Completely by accident. I had a ladies' clothes shop in Southport. <laughs> <laughs> I had a ladies' clothes shop in Southport called Somewhere um, in a, a Victorian arcade called Wayfarers Arcade. And it was me. Um, I was selling ladies' clothes. Somehow, <laughs> made Somehow made that work. Don't ask me how. Not wearing. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, just unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. I was still working at my. I was working at my best friend's bar at the time on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. Drunk every Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, and um, somehow kept the shop open. I think it's because I had about twenty-three part-time staff that I could call on at any time, saying oh, wow. I'm, I'm too hungover. No, it's not impressive. Not that I, that I didn't need that many staff. I just needed options for when I couldn't go in. <laughs> That's uh, well, somehow made it work. And then someone, someone put a brochure under my nose saying, do you ever, or ever thought about buying property? Um, and I was like, no, I don't know anything about it. And I took, um, but it was a beautiful, beautiful brochure. So glossy and pretty. And it was, um, it was for a flat in Liverpool. So I took all the money. I closed the shop, took all the money out of the shop, gave it to this developer in Manchester and bought my first off plan. It wasn't off plan, it was already built. But yeah, and I had six months mortgage free, et cetera, et cetera, and all these, you know, shiny pennies that made it look like it was a good deal. And it wasn't until I was forced to get a job, because when I closed the shop, I had no money, no income, no savings, none of that. Um, and um, I had to go and get a job. So I got a job in my friend's mortgage company, did my CMAT qualifications. And within two weeks of working there, I showed than what I'd done. I was like, dead proud. I've got this flat in Liverpool. And they were just like, what have you done here? And I didn't even know what due diligence, I didn't even know what due diligence was back then. Um, and uh, yeah, and luckily they managed to sell it for me, but it cost me two grand to sell it. I had to borrow that off my dad to sell the flat. You know, so my, my start, my first flat, my first property I bought nearly broke me um, because I was going to lose money on every month. And then who knows what would have happened because it was an off plan. We all know what happened with the off plan market. So, luckily, 
you know, I was in the right place because I managed to get rid of that. And then I, I, I was then educating myself because through through my CMAT qualification and just working within that company with some very experienced guys. So, yeah, I'm educated. But I still wasn't educated to the level I was now. I was educated on what was going on at the time, what I didn't know about. Lease options weren't even on my radar back then. Lease options and stuff like that didn't come come along until 2010, 2009, 2010. And it's then when I started learning creative strategies and really started nailing down my education that my portfolio went from that to, to that. And, um, you know, I, I went, I used that, I used the power of the lease option contract to great effect. And, you know, I really, I really went, I really ran with it. <laughs> Not many people were doing it back then. You know, I was going to say, people think lease options are a new strategy, but actually it's been around for quite a long time. People have just not known how to utilise it. Yeah, they've been, I mean, they've been, in, they've been used for hundreds of years in the commercial market and then transferred into the residential market. I think it was really American and Australia that really spawned it first. And then it came over to the UK maybe 20 years ago and then really became, you know, no one was selling courses on lease options when yeah. I was doing it. And I was running around and they were just like, can't do that. Like you can't take over one's house without buying it. Um, you know, so well, my lease option training was someone showed me a lease option contract. I was away in Greece at the time on holiday and someone spending the money I've been earning doing deal sourcing. And um someone someone called me home and said, you know, we've got this we've got something for you here. And they always had something they were scousers, they always had something for me. Um, <laughs> Nine out of ten times, it was absolute rubbish. But they, showed, they showed me this contract, and I was obviously coming from a traditional, you know, mortgage background and buying stuff for cash background and hustling for every single penny that I had to earn. And all of a sudden, someone presented the opportunity to me, and I was like, "Hold on a minute, I can own and control the equity and income of a property without having to put cash up front or put a deposit in or anything like that." I was like, "Let me check this out." Gave it to three sets of lawyers, three sets of solicitors. They said it's a bit wishy-washy this contract, but you know we've had it out a little bit with X, Y, Z. But yeah, if you can get a vendor to sign this, you know, with legal advice, go for your life. And I did. So, and it all just went from there. Um, and yeah, and I grew my portfolio from there using using these options. So yeah. So now we're part of Blue Oak, which is um, a real amazing community feel. Obviously, I was lucky enough to be asked to speak at one of your events in February. Um, I think you've you've developed a real new breed of a sense of community there. Do you, do you want to share with people more about Blue Oak, where you see it going, what's happening with it now? Yeah, I mean, Blue Oak is, um, it is my pride and joy. Um, I met Rich, it was me, Rich Rich Little uh, and Paul Smith. I met Rich back in September last year. We were doing some business together and we hit it off straight away. And he was just, he told me about, you know, we, we'd, had a, we'd had a couple of meetings and stuff like that. And he told me about, his, you know, so I've met this guy and he's got this, he set up this this community and it's going well. And I was like, wow, sounds, sounds interesting. Um, and then I showed him some stuff I was doing with my, I got, in, I got into digital marketing about, uh, like in Facebook advertising about two years ago. And yeah. I really sort of just started sort of nailing down on that on how to actually put the, the mystery and the jig, the piece of the jigsaw together on the, on the internet so I could get access to direct vendor leads. So I showed him some stuff on my laptop and he was like, mate, you know, would you mind coming doing a talk on that next week, uh, in York? And I was like, set it up, never done a live 
talk before, but I was like, if you think it'd be beneficial, yeah. So we went along. I think there was 19 people in the room at the time, did this presentation, and then like everyone in the room was like, soon I was showing them all that it was on deal sourcing. I showed them all the things I've done over the years. I mean, I've talked about bandit boards, van wraps, director vendor lessons, every, you know, just absolutely prostituting myself out to anyone with questions <laughs> at the time. When I got to the Facebook slide, um, and it was, you know, it was, it, you know, I showed them all the tabs. I sipped on, everyone went, whoa, 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 go back. Because I showed them the figures. They were like 43 leads in a month. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so everyone was just like a bit like, we need a, we need a bit of that. Then I shared it on a larger scale in the, in the, in the group. So I went into the actual Blue Oak group. There was about, it was about 1,300 people at the time. And at the time, I had my YouTube channel. So I was like, Paul and Rich. I was like, do you mind if I just start uploading some content and training videos? They're like, go for your life. So I did. Got a really good response from that. I did like, I was doing like three-hour webinars on on deal sourcing and stuff. And then by the time the next event came along a month later, they, they pulled me into a meeting and said, we'd, we'd love you to be a, a director of Blue Oak. And I was like, I couldn't be happier. Let's do it. So that's it. And we are aligned in our you know, in our, um, our ethics, in our values, you know, we are hopefully disrupting the industry. We are giving the, the, the goal of my YouTube channel was to give, you know, all the stuff I had learned about lease options, rent to rents, you know, buying properties, deal sorting, all that away for free. I wasn't interested in selling books or, you know, making money from what I'd learned. I've been helped so many times over the years by mentors and people. I, I found it was just my, absolute duty to pay it forward and i've been offered similar opportunities to what rich and paul had offered me never felt right it just never felt right it was always it was always this you know within the community every person in that community was a lead and i just didn't yeah. that. with blue oak that's not i said look boys before i say yes to this uh, you've got it we've got you've got to understand and all like, we'll stop you there we're not charging for content and i was like brilliant let's do that and then, you know, sure enough, look, we, we, we have out of doing that, you know, we, the events we run, we run at cost. We give any profits to charity. Um, you were amazing at the, you know, the, the blow up event in February. You very kindly gave up your time and do donated a prize to that. And I think we raised, you know, 18,000 pounds for cancer research and, uh, for Macmillan. And that was, that was an emotional, emotional day and emotional night, wasn't it? We had a, we had a lovely chat. <laughs> Definitely. Very, very. So, um, but out of that, out of everything we're doing, you know, we did spawn, you know, our flagship product expedition and stuff. And that's going really well. It's on pause at the moment, but that's the only thing we charge for. And that's like, you know, our 12 month mentorship program. But it's a pleasure to be doing it. We are busy, like, <laughs> busy, but. There's over 3,000 people in the community now. And like you say, it's, um, it feels like a family. And I feel, I can't even tell you the responsibility that I feel for everything first. <laughs> um, so it's, um, yeah, it's a pleasure to be a director of that company. It really is. Yeah. So obviously, I'm going to have to mention the old COVID-19 situation. Um, obviously, that's going on right now. Yeah. I don't know what your thoughts are on it, but for me, I feel like people either fall into the category of they've kind of given up and retreated or they're really making an effort, putting themselves out there on social media to build a bigger business. Obviously, you know that I love social media. I know that you're really into social media and digital marketing. 
So I really want, you are such an inspirational person, um, probably one of the most inspirational people I've ever met, Andy, and I genuinely mean that. Um, I'd really love it if you could share with, with the people who maybe are struggling right now or yeah. people who want to build a bigger business now, what your tips would be, especially with digital marketing, how you found off-market deals um, through social media. I think at the moment that's really important for a lot of people. If, would you be happy to share that with people? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, for me, I'm just, I'm not saying this is similar to what went on in 2008. I think there will be similar traits will come out the back of it, i.e. maybe a dip in the market. I think it's going to go one or two ways. Once all the, the dust settles on this, one or two things will happen. Number one, we went into this with a very robust economy and the banks were very buoyant and very happy. You know, lending was good, the market was good. So I think we'll either return to that incredibly quickly, uh, which is good, happy, all the stuff I had in pipeline will crack on, or because of the money they've had to eject into the economy, you know, is there going to be a dip in that? Either way, every single person right now, I think, should be doubling down on the activity that they, they are currently doing. This isn't a vacation. This isn't a reason to stop. My fear is that people who stop now, um, when it comes to pass and everyone else and they see the market, you know, doing what it's doing, if you start trying to react then to the market, it's too late. Now, I appreciate we don't know what's going to happen, but there are, I think there are certain things that you should be doing with this time. Um, that's not to say we've been gifted time. A lot of people have got kids at home. I've got two boys running around, you know, destroying, the house, you know, every every day. And so I'm still trying to, you know, put, you know, seven seven days a week in. Uh, I'm trying to trying to make it work. For me personally, I am I'm making sure I'm very more. What I'm I'm trying to do two things. I'm trying to generate a nice sort of stream of pipeline deals you can only do so much with those deals at the moment in terms of you can negotiate you can speak to the vendors negotiate viewings probably not but you can do a very sort of subject to viewing legals land registry etc etc once the, the handcuffs are taken off um so i'm trying to build up a nice pipeline using my own marketing sources what i'm also trying to do is build a war chest to fund yeah. as many of these deals as possible so now i have yes i'm great i've trained myself I invested a lot of time and money into my digital marketing training so i'm generating a lot of my leads now through facebook advertising i've reinvested money into some advanced training so i'm just doing a more elegant style of lead gen at the moment it's not like it was where it's just like hey we buy houses give me your details I'm now sort of, I'm giving something in return. So there's a lead magnet there. So I'm now trying to sort of educate the other people out there saying, look, because there are a lot of people scared out there and there will be, I think there's going to come a time where newspapers are going to want to need to sell newspapers and they're going to start selling papers with fear. So, and the fear could be there's a dip in the market. What I'm trying to help educate as many people as possibly can is like, you don't need to panic. You just need to sometimes maybe sit still. Like I saw what a lot of people doing in 2008 was panic selling. You might not always have to sell. You might just have to sit. You know, don't try and beat the market or try and escape the market. Just be the market. Okay, now I'll pinch that from uh, from Tony Robbins um, in one of his audio books about about the stock market. But it's, I think that's a, that's true now. 
So what I'm trying to do is sort of that. So I'm now swapping, I'm giving fair exchange. So I'm now giving away a lot of free advice in the form of like, you know, whether it's a document and stuff like that, ebook stuff, in exchange for, you know, their contact details. So, but it's very clear that the people that uh, contacted me for this information have probably got a property to sell. So I'm now just trying to open up the channels to have as many conversations as I possibly can. But I'm also doing the free stuff. I'm just making sure that I'm very visual on my social media. Everyone's online at the moment. Everyone's working from home. They haven't got the bosses standing over them here. You know, so everyone's online. Everyone's going through Facebook. All those CEOs that are meant to be in their offices in London, they're at home. They'll be on LinkedIn. You know, all the guys, the, the money's on LinkedIn and, you know, probably the vendors and stuff are on Facebook. So if you can marry the two up and sit in the middle, you know, as a very good middle man, middle woman, you know, cons, you know, a consultant, I'm sure you just need to work out a way of doing, doing the two. Because I'm sure there's people out there thinking, okay, if there is a dip in the market, I haven't got the funds to capitalise on it. Use someone else's funds. I didn't have the funds. I didn't think I had funds in 2008. What I did, I just didn't realise it. I had loads of investors come to me, buying up all the properties. Like, why are you buying properties? You know, you're buying properties because they were 40p on the pound. And, you know, that, that's why. And I just thought I was a genius because, like, they're spending money, I'm earning money. Um, so, you know, I would be... My personal advice would be to up your social media game, get comfortable with it. You can't use, you know, technophobe thing as, a, as an issue. If you can send a selfie to your mates, you can record a <laughs> video. You know, it's, you can't use it as an excuse. If you don't know how to use YouTube or Facebook, go on YouTube and Google how do I use Facebook. If you are, you know, new to LinkedIn or social media, speak to Laura. She will help you with social media and stuff like that. There is... There's so much information out there. You can't use ignorance as an excuse right now. Um, you just can't. Uh, and you can't be waiting. But make sure that you are present. Make sure that people can see that you are, especially those people are saying, oh, property's in the toilet. I bet you're gutted you're in the property market. Shut them out. Hold the course and make sure that you are very, very present on your social media platforms. Not all of them, but in different ways. Facebook. You know, this is my, you know, start making sure you're connecting with people on Facebook in the right way. LinkedIn, a slightly different type of content for LinkedIn. So, and everyone can be doing that. Free platforms, guys. Everyone can be doing that. You don't have to be digitally trained to do that. You can be doing this stuff for free with your phone. You know, we live in the most amazing time ever because everything is on the most amazing time in the history of man because you can connect with absolutely everyone there. So, that's my personal advice. Where do you see this um, going in the next 12 months, um, 12 to 18 months with the property market? Do you, do you feel like, I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of new uh, good deals to come. Um, yeah. Obviously, we don't know when we're going to come out of this. It's quite an uncertain time because realistically, we've not ever been through anything like this. No. Um, it's what, weird. Yeah. What type of thing, what, do you think there's any new strategies that may raise the head or some old strategies that are going to come back? Um, that are going to be a little bit more secure for people. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, new ones. That's a good. That's a, that's an interesting one. I don't know so much about new ones. Maybe something might present itself. But old strategies, not old strategies, but you know, creative strategies will definitely be back on the menu. Lease options, assisted sales will be back on the menu, one hundred percent. So I would say I would give everyone 
you know, with the advice to study, get get comfortable with creative strategies. If you can understand how a lease option contract works and you can start practicing how to explain that to a vendor, but the highlights of a lease option contract without saying lease option in an appointment or saying assisted sale in an appointment, you could use that document to great, great effect over the next, you know, couple, you know, the next 12 to 18 months. So it's just a case of get a copy of a lease option contract. It won't be too hard to track down. They're out there. Um, read it, study it, go on YouTube, you know, watch. There's a ton of free content out there. You don't need to go start paying for, you know, courses. My my days, I've, I've, got, I've lost count of webinars I've done on it. There's enough free content out there for you. So put your wallet in your pocket and, you know, they will start studying creative strategies, start studying, you know, how to raise JV finance, how to structure a JV. Because if you haven't got the money, there will be people with the money. And if there are strategies out there, if there are deals out there, these guys will be coming in and taking the money. Now, if you can control the deals with an option contract, you can control the flow of the money. You'll say, no, this isn't for sale. This is for you to JV with me. I want a piece of this pie. Don't think small over the next 14 months. Think, think big. Don't be chasing £1,500, £2,000 finders fees. Control the equity in the deals and you can do that with an option contract and making sure that you're controlling that that deal in the middle. So, yeah, I think that's definitely going to come to pass over the next 12, 18 months. Uh, well, thank you so much. Um, obviously, this is a, an episode from my podcast. Um, I mm. hope you all enjoyed that. Um, yeah. Before we go, Andy, would you mind giving people your top three points of action that people should be doing now if they're in property? Yeah. So I would say, number one, get your mindset right. I'm huge on mindset. If I lost everything today and had to start again tomorrow, the one thing I would take with me would be my mindset and just having that strong in place, especially now, you know, we're trapped indoors. We can't go in viewings. We're isolated. Get your mindset right. And, you know, we we have got we have got a, a road ahead. All of us make no no bones about it. So work on sort of getting getting your mindset right, making sure that you're focused and disciplined on your goals. Okay, that leads me to number two: build good habits now. Build good habits now, and set yourself up for when this comes to pass. Whether and that's just small daily habits. Yeah, there's not a lot of tangible results to attach to habits at the moment because we can't go and viewings we can't really you could maybe put offers in but how far you can take them i don't know um you know so but don't worry i can i don't want people to get frustrated if you're putting a lot of studying or anything like that but you're not actually you know seeing the results of your studying it will come so hold the course um and yeah be and just i would study educate yourself on creative strategies okay so lease options assisted sales rent to rent stuff like that. Just get a grip of the lease option contract and, you know, be and be prepared for what's to come. So that'll be my three quick tips, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Andy. Um, we're going to stop this live video now um, and obviously we'll re release the podcast. Yeah. Andy's going to um, put in the podcast notes um, all everything about Blue Oak. If you want to get involved with that because there's so many um, free um, online and live videos that they do um, really to obviously that a lot of it is focusing on mindset and creative strategies so it's perfect if you um, are just started out in property or you're wanting to learn different strategies so we'll put all that in there and um, yeah I want to say a massive thank you.
you know, Laura, you are. Well, I'm, I'm, thank you. It's a pleasure. You're one of my, I'm one of your biggest fans, without a shadow of a doubt. You're a star. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> I didn't pain to say that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.